This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. This week, we are talking about the fact that literacy leaders give encouragement, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to continue on and say, not only do literacy leaders need to give encouragement, literacy leaders need encouragement. Stick around with me to the very end of this episode, because that's where I'm going to talk about the fact that you, you, the listener, you, the literacy leader, you need encouragement. Let's talk about encouragement for a minute. What is it? What is encouragement? It's that nice word. It's that gesture. It's that that connection between people that says, hey, you got this. You can do this, right? So let me read a little uh, excerpt for you. It's actually from a letter that was written to Walt Whitman. My goodness, we all know Walt Whitman, right? We know he is a great writer. And it says, dear sir, I am not blind to the wonderful gift of leaves of grass. I find it the most extraordinary piece of wit and wisdom that America has yet contributed. I'm very happy in reading it as great power makes us happy. The letter goes on to say, I greet you at the beginning of a great career. Now, my goodness, that's a wonderful letter, right? And if Walt Whitman got this letter, he's going to be like, yeah, that's the encouragement I needed to keep going. But let me tell you who the letter was from. It was from Ralph Waldo Emerson, another great author of our time. Ralph Waldo Emerson took time to write Walt Whitman, a budding author, a letter of encouragement to say, man, the work you're doing is good. You got this. I can't wait to see what comes out of you. And you know what? I think we can learn so much about this exchange and this interaction when it comes to encouragement. We need to find the moments of encouragement, be intentional in encouragement. You know what? One of the greatest things about being a leader is developing people around you, developing others. And as literacy leaders, I need to develop people around me. If somebody across from me is practicing uh, some strategies in the classroom that don't uh, work when it comes to teaching kids how to read, you know what? Let me be their greatest encourager. You know what? Let's try something different. I'm going to encourage you in that. Let's practice, practice, practice. Here's something new. Let's try it. As long as they're willing, I'm going to encourage you along the way. Being a literacy leader says that I encourage, I develop people around me. Walt Disney says there's three types of people in the category of encouragers. And the first one is a well poisoner. Well, that doesn't sound very good at all, and it's not. We know the well poisoners. We know who they are. Don't be a well poisoner. And when it comes to the area of literacy, a well poisoner, I see it on social media all the time. I see it all the time, just bashing others. Remember, everyone starts at a different place and is at a different point in their journey. 
Let's encourage. Let's don't be well poisoners. The second group that Walt Disney talks about is lawn mowers. Okay. Lawn mowers. I take care of my own lawn and I never look over and see if your lawn needs to be mowed as well. I mean, this is just the practices of being a good neighbor, right? Now, I'm not telling you to go out and mow everybody's lawn, but that would be a nice gesture. But this is all about the fact of I'm just going to take care of myself, not worry about anyone else. That's not being a literacy leader. Whatever your role, position, title is in your school or district, don't be you know, the lawnmower that takes care of yourself. I've got it figured out. I follow the science of reading. I know what to do in my classroom, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. Uh-uh. No. That's where you go out and you encourage others. Being a leader says I'm going to develop people around me and I'm going to encourage others. Okay, the last group. This is the group we want to be in when it comes to being an encourager. I want to be a life enhancer. I want to add something to you. I want to multiply your abilities. I want to give you something. And that's what it means to be a great encourager. You know what? I would love for somebody to write me a letter like Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote Walt Whitman. And I say I would love that. I've had it happen. And it's the fuel to my fire. It ignites me, it incites me, it gets in my bones and in my soul. And it's that thing that says, you got this, keep going. You got it, keep going. And, and here I am, I've been talking about the uh, relationships with other colleagues, maybe staff. But think about being that great encourager, that life enhancer for your students too. Encourage them. There's several things that encouragement does for us, and we're going to look at those several things and talk about those. So number one, encouragement is what keeps us going. There was a study that was done where folks were standing to trying to see how long they could stand in a bucket of ice. Now, sounds pretty dreadful to me. I don't like cold things, so that sounds pretty dreadful. And the folks that stood in a bucket of ice without any encouragement got a certain amount of time. Now, the folks that stood in the bucket of ice and had people around them encouraging them, saying, you got this, keep going, just a little bit longer, you can do this, I believe in you they were able to withstand that cold temperature longer. I mean, simple little experiment, right? I mean, you can even try some of this stuff in your classroom, I'm not telling you to have kids stand in a bucket of ice. There's probably other ways that we could execute on that experiment, but you get the point. That encouragement makes you stick to it. That encouragement keeps you going. And that's what we need when it comes to this literacy leadership. I'm going to tell you right now, it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting. If you are in a school, a district, a classroom, a, a, in a space where people do not understand and know what the science says when it comes to teaching reading, you can be banging your head against the wall, but go to sources of encouragement. 
Hopefully this podcast can be one of those sources of your encouragement because I'm going to tell you right now, keep going because students' lives depend on it. Keep going. You got this. Stand in that bucket. Stand in the bucket. Okay, number two, encouragement makes people better, makes students better. When we praise their effort, when we reward their performance, there are... Uh, there was a another little test that happened in the San Francisco school system several years ago, many years ago. And in the San Francisco school system, what happened was, is at the administrative level, at the district level, they called the three highest performing best teachers in the district, called them in and said, listen, you three are the best performing teachers in the district. What we're going to do with you over the next, um, I I can't remember how long it was, next period of time, we are going to give you 90 of our best students. And we're going to see what happens when we've got our three best teachers and 90 of our best students and what outcomes you can achieve and what progress you can make. And so they went about doing their work. And of course, the teachers were on board. The parents were on board. Yes, absolutely. Let's try this. Let's do this. So at the end of this period of time of this study, what happened was is that you know, they they do the evaluation, they look back and determine the outcomes. And all of those students performed at higher rates than all of the other students in, in the school system. The students were performing better. The teachers were more engaged. The teachers got better, right? And here's what the teachers found out. The teachers were called in. And so the uh, folks administering this test said, we want you to know something. Those 90 students that we gave you, we just picked them randomly. They weren't our 90 top performing students. You didn't know that going in. Shock, right? But here's the big shocker. The big shocker is you three teachers There wasn't anything that said you were our best teachers either. We just picked you at random. We picked you. But they were set up in an environment that said, you're good at what you do. You're you're some of the best. Let's work with you. Let's encourage you. Let's move you forward and look at what the outcomes were. If you are setting up environments for your students, for your staff, all of the above, People get better. People become better when they are encouraged to be something, when they're told they are something. All right, that was number two. Let's move on to number three. Number three is this. Encouragement turns lives around. I think we all know a story in education where somebody can say, this teacher changed my life. This teacher saved me. We all know these stories. I I mean, I've got stories I could rattle. I can't even list the amount of stories that I've come across over the years. 
especially when it comes to students whose reading ability is is not where it should be. Students with dyslexia. And at Learning Ally, we do we have national achievement awards every year and we give scholarships for students. And I've had opportunities to sit in rooms with our scholarship award winners and the most consistent thing across every single student across every single year is this simple fact. I had that one individual that believed in me. Somebody believed in me. Encouragement turns lives around. One of those, Dr. Keon Anderson, we had him on an ed webinar in July of 2021. And he came in and he talked about his journey and his story. And he said it was that that one teacher, that one teacher that said, Keon, I know you're not reading where you should be. Let's fix that. Somebody believed in him. There's a teacher I know. I will forever hold a dear spot in my heart for Connie. Connie is someone that she was nominated for our Achievement Award for Educators. And I read the letters that came from grown men and women that said, I remember being in Miss Bagley's class. She encouraged me to be something. She encouraged me. Even though my scores, my reading scores, my reading proficiency wasn't good, she believed in me. Here's my last example. Did you know that Sidney Poitier, I mean, my goodness, we know him, his, his, you know, wonderful works that he did in acting. He couldn't read. It was a man, he was a dishwasher, and it was a man that worked at the same, uh, same restaurant where he worked at. and read the newspaper with him every night. When you hear Sidney Poitier talk about that experience, he wells up with tears and he gets emotional because that man changed his life, turned his life around. And that's so important when we give encouragement. You got this. You can do this. All right, let's look at number four. Number four is actually number four is more about the how of encouragement. Let me let me preface that. So so this fourth area we're going to talk about is, okay, what are some practical tips of how to be an encourager? And and the first one I want to talk about is, and my goodness, I could talk a lot about this, is the fact that we don't need to get stuck in the good job loop. Don't get stuck in the good job loop. And what I mean by this is we've all got that go-to phrase. We've all got that phrase with our kids, with our staff, whoever. Oh, good job. Oh, great job on that. Good job. And over time, when you say that so repetitively over and over and over, good job, good job, good job, awesome, 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 awesome. It loses its meaning. Don't get stuck in the good job loop. Get yourself out of that loop. You know how I got myself out of that loop? I, I put a list of power words of those encouragement-driven, motivational words, had to print it out on a piece of paper and hang it on my wall so I can remember and recall words quickly so I don't get stuck in the good job loop. Because 
good job over and over repeatedly over time is going to become rhetoric. And in fact, you might say it so much that it loses its meaning for you. When we give encouragement, it has to be sincere. So don't get stuck in the good job loop. That's one of your hows. The second how is this. The second how is it actually comes with, um, it comes from Truett Cathy. Don't know if you know Truett Cathy or not, but think of Chick-fil-A, the Cathy family that created Chick-fil-A. And here's what Truett Cathy says about encouraging. And my goodness, we know the Chick-fil-A story. We watch the commercials on TV. And, and the description here on how is like, how do you identify when somebody needs encouragement, like the intentionality of of encouraging others. How do you know? What should I be looking for? What do I need to watch for to make sure that I I pick out those people that need encouragement? And here's what Truett Cathy had to say about this. Now, listen, because I'm giving you the how right here. I'm giving you the how of finding those people that need encouragement. And it comes from Truett Cathy. Here's what Truett Cathy says. Check if they are breathing. Check if if they are breathing, they need encouragement. If they're not breathing, don't worry about it. They don't need encouragement. It's over, right? I mean, that can be kind of seen as comical, but let's get real here. Every person needs encouragement. Every single individual, every child, every staff member, every parent needs encouragement. Have you ever, if you're a classroom teacher or a principal of a school or or it doesn't matter what role you are, have you ever sent a note of encouragement to your families? Guys, I know, I know it's tough right now. And I want to, I want to commend you on what you're doing getting your kids to school, showing up, being present. Have you ever done that? Encourage your families. If they are breathing, they need encouragement. That's how you tell right there. Okay, let's go on here. Here's another one. Encouragement doesn't just come through words. It comes through actions. So this is a how, okay? So this is a how is don't just think that encouragement needs to be my words coming out of my mouth. Here's something that I love doing. And uh, because I work from home, but get to go into our home office just periodically, and it's been less periodically lately over the past couple of years, is the fact uh, you know, we, I haven't been in the office as much, but what I like to do is when I leave the office is leave little sticky notes or, you know, just find a little scrap of paper and just leave a note on people's desk. Doing it, they're not in the room. They're, it's there for them to discover the next day. And I've I've got to pack a little cards that I like to use. So just leave that little note. And times I've gone back and my notes are hanging next to their computer. That's when you don't know if you're the encourager or the encouragee. I think I'm the encouragee in that point. It's it's much encouraging for me as it was for them. 
Don't just think it has to come through those words. It can come through actions and gestures. I've also uh, uh, gotten a set of pens, uh, writing pens that I like to hand out to people as well. Simple, simple little gestures, just little ways to encourage people. Here's the last thing you need to know about how, okay? So let's don't get stuck in the good job loop. If somebody's breathing, that's how I determine if they need encouragement. It doesn't just come through words. And here's the last one. You don't have to be brilliant. Sometimes we think that encouraging others means that I've got to be some great motivational orator. Being able, my words just flow like honey out of my mouth. And I'm so inspirational. You don't have to have that skill. There is no brilliance in encouragement. A nice pat on the back. Wow, I noticed that. Good job. Look at you with that. Look at you reading that piece of literature that I gave you about the science of reading. That's awesome. Let's talk about it. You want to talk about it? What did you learn? I'm so proud of you. Encouraging. There's no brilliance to it. There's nothing that says that you can't do it. Everyone can be an encourager. Now, here's where I said the fact that you needed to stick around to the end. Just as much as literacy leaders, we need to be the encouragers in our schools. You need your bucket filled as well. You cannot give from an empty bucket. And in science, we all know the Matthew effect. We've heard of the Matthew effect, right? But do you know of the Peter effect? The Peter effect says you cannot teach what you do not know yourself. So if I, you know, if if you want me to go and teach a present and do a presentation tomorrow on quantum physics, guess what? I can't teach that. I don't know it. I cannot teach from an empty bucket. Just the same goes for encouragement. I cannot fill from an empty bucket. Just as much as I need to be the encourager in my school, I need to get encouragement. So think about where you're going for your encouragement. Who are you turning to? I want to leave you with something I wrote that absolutely comes from my heart to you. Those of you listening, you need this. Okay. And I've kind of titled this, it's not a poem, but I've, I've kind of titled this writing here. I need you to know that I see you. I need you to know when you show up early to prepare for the day, I see you. I need you to know when you skip lunch to help a student, I see you. I need you to know when you go half a day without a bathroom break, I see you. I need you to know when you stay up late to prepare and grade papers, I see you. I need you to know you when you get those inquiries from parents that make you nervous or anxious and how do I respond, I see you. I see you when you pull money out of your own pocket for resources and supplies in your classroom. I see you when you sit knee to knee with a student. I see you 
when you lock the door to your classroom to teach the science of reading because your school and district hasn't adopted it yet, I see you. I see you when you change students, when you guide students, when you lead students, when you lead others, when you lead families, when you lead colleagues, when you guide them in the ways of the science, the effective instruction, I see you. I want you to know that you're noticed. I need you to know I see you. You fill my bucket, listeners. And I hope I can fill your bucket. Share this podcast. There's somebody out there that needs encouragement. There's somebody out there that needs it. My friends, I hope you have been encouraged. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, create significance in the lives of our students, we need you. If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.